creative people, I think, hamstring themselves by believing that they're not ready or they don't have the skills or they can't do something because they've only trained in one thing. I mean, in my experience in this industry, when it comes down to it, like everyone is pretty much flying by the seat of their pants all the time. (laughs) From Chispa House, this is Creative First, the show about the spark of creative leaders and how they discovered their passions, what inspires their work ethic, and the journey of getting paid to do what they love the most. I'm your host, Kelsey Cochran, and this week our guest is Max Lowe, a National Geographic explorer, photographer, and director from Montana. From the start of his childhood, Max has been immersed in the outdoors, his father being a well-known mountaineer and his mother being a journalist. Max was constantly surrounded by adventure. Um, He received the Young Explorers Grant from National Geographic back in 2012, which really accelerated his career into what he has accomplished today. He has filmed and directed multiple documentary films such as Adventure Not War, which actually screened at Cannes and Tribeca Film Festival. And he has done commercial work as well for companies like Mercedes, REI, Canada Goose, Toyota, and many more than that. The list could really go on for a while. Um, We recorded this interview with Max actually back in the summer, but I felt like I had to reshare his story on this podcast because it truly is remarkable. And to me, it feels like his career is still just beginning. I know he has a lot of incredible work that is still in the making and still to come. So let's get into it. Thanks, Max, for being here with us. Happy to be here with you. Thanks for having me. So let's start off. I would love to have you tell um, this community a little bit about your career path. I know, you know, you got your first camera at a young age. So, you know, there's a lot in between getting your first camera and where you are today. But if you could try to give us a little bit of a rundown of everything that's happened in between those two time periods. (laughs) That's probably a limited timeline. (laughs) It's a good 20 years at this point. Yeah, I mean, my... My parents were adventurous and traveled all over the world and lived kind of a a version of this life that I'm currently living, you know, back in the 70s and 80s when they were my age. And yeah, my dad was a professional mountaineer and my mom was uh, an aspiring artist. And so they traveled all over the place climbing together and, you know, just part of, I think part of experiencing anything in that way is wanting to document your own story. You know, as you take in these amazing experiences, no matter if they're in your own backyard or while you're traveling abroad in some foreign country, you want to document that story in some way, shape or form. And I think that that is at the root of photography for probably most people is just telling their own story. My parents both got into photography probably via that portal and continued doing that as they started to raise a family and my mom introduced me to photography by giving me one of her old cameras when I was probably in middle school. I think it was an old Nikon. Yeah, that was kind of, that was the beginning of it. Um, I started taking that camera along with me on trips in high school and mm-hmm. uh, I was part of the high school journalism program. Coming out of high school, I kind of wanted to go and study journalism because it, it, it was this outlet for creativity and I didn't think that I would ever be able to make it as a photographer or journalist. So I decided to instead go and study business. You know, it was something that I still love to do, something that I was passionate about. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I never really thought that I would be able to do it for my job. So I went to school 
in Salt Lake City and got a business degree and kept taking pictures for fun because it's something that I love to do, even working for small publications in the outdoor space and around Salt Lake City where I went to school to go to the X Games and shoot on the edge of the pipe and go see live music and take pictures from the front row right in front of the stage and being a storyteller just gave you this access to the world in a different way than you really get in any other sense and that was something that really grabbed me and I was like wow I mean yeah I kept uh kept shooting and um graduated from college and 2012, you know, like anyone coming out of college kind of was at a loss for what I wanted to do with my life. And uh, I applied for some jobs, uh, marketing positions. I actually was offered a job with GoPro uh, right when they were kind of starting out as a company. And they were like, well, you need to move to the Bay Area in two weeks and (laughs) start working. And this is, this is what your life's going to be if you want to take this path. And I just kind of made the conscious decision that I wanted to explore the world a little bit more and keep going with the stuff that I had grown up doing and had been doing through college. And so, yeah, I declined that job offer and went down to Brazil and lived with uh, my cousin who was in the Navy. I lived on his couch for two months and traveled around um, just took pictures and yeah, came home to Montana and skied for a winter, worked as a waiter, heard about the National Geographic Young Explorers grant through a friend mm-hmm. um, who had gone through the program. And my stepdad, Conrad Anker, who's a professional mountaineer, was leading an expedition with National Geographic that spring. So I got to meet some of the people he was working with there and they encouraged me to apply to the program. And I did so thinking I would probably never get the grant because as someone who's applying to them, you never think that you're actually going to get that opportunity. But yeah, headed off to go travel with some friends in India anyway. And uh, it was while I was there that I got this letter of acceptance into the Geo Young Explorers Grant Program and got to go to Nepal. And, (laughs) and, you know, it wasn't a lot of money. It was just enough to go and do my work and just exist kind of, uh, in the field for a couple of months and mm-hmm. I came home from that with this kind of renewed confidence that maybe I could take this thing that I was passionate about and make it into something more and uh, yeah. that was kind of the one major turning point where I went from a wayward wandering uh, young <laughs> person lost to the world into someone with a little bit more direction and sense of what I wanted to do with my life I guess parents you know they were outdoors a lot and they traveled a lot and a lot of what you are known for doing is outdoor adventure travel do you think that you found that passion kind of on your own or do you think it kind of stemmed from your childhood Uh, I think it was probably a mixture of things Um, find out what I love in life and try and make that as much a, a part of who I am as possible and they also gave me the freedom to go and explore the photography and creative aspects of what I'm doing now are definitely uh, rooted in my friends who I've become today is probably rooted in the people that I've been lucky enough to grow up around. And I think if you're going to succeed in any field, whether it's film or photography or whatever else you might choose to do with your life, like you have to 
like unless you want to just plug into the system and take a role that is offered up to you if you want to create a role for yourself like you have to love it you have to love whatever you're doing i have friends who've started businesses um you know people who you know are going to law school or medical school like if you're going to succeed in something and make a name for yourself doing that thing you have to love it as much as uh photography and filmmaking is probably to people outside of this world like always fun and awesome adventures and a lot of it is self-doubt and failure and doing things wrong and i mean it's just part of part of the program no that's a that's a great point to make there was something that i wanted to bring up so there was a quote from an article back in 2018 that you did with Uproxx. For people who don't know, Uproxx is like an entertainment and culture publication, primarily online. Um, and the topic was uh, about being an epic photographer um, or an epic filmmaker. And one of the tips, uh, Max, that you had, well, actually, there was two that I really loved. But one of the ones really resonated with actually something that we kind of preach at Cheese the House a lot. You said it as shoe always. We kind of say it as make a lot of work. And so I think there is this instilled, especially in young creatives, there's this instilled mindset that's like, you know, my work doesn't necessarily compare to the people that I idolize. Like maybe I'm not good at this or maybe I chose the wrong career path. And at Cheese the House, we call this closing the gap, which is derived from Ira Glass, who was a, a public radio host. And it, you know, entails making a lot of work or how you said it, like shooting always. So can you like elaborate a little bit on what that's meant for you in your career? It's kind of been part of my MO from the very get-go before I was even doing this as a job. When I was in college, I actually did a, a project for a couple summers running where I would, I started a blog and where I would make myself shoot at least one photograph every day and post that to my blog. I think that that mentality, you're only going to get better at something and succeed at it if you keep doing it on a day-to-day -day basis incrementally is really the only way to get really good at anything. In this day and age, everyone wants everything they're doing to happen as quickly as possible. You see everything else happening around you on an extremely fast level. I wouldn't say that I was like off the bat just gifted with an eye for photography and the ability to take photos that inspire other people to want to do the same thing. It's something that I gained over time. We spend so much time every day just sitting on our phone, scrolling through Instagram. You might as well take that time and <laughs> put it to use doing something that actually progresses your abilities as a, as a human being. And maybe someday you'll be able to contribute to the world. I succeeded because I surrounded myself by other people who were doing the same thing and succeeding in the same ways that I wanted to succeed. And, you know, I've learned from them and it's cheesy, but together you're stronger, you know? Oh, definitely. And, it, and in all my creative endeavors, like my most successful projects that I've worked on are ones that I teamed up with people who were trying to achieve similar things to what I was trying to achieve. That's awesome. And that's, that's a great way to look at it kind of put yourself back into being a beginner in this industry. Back when you were just starting out, how did you determine how to price yourself based on your skill set to like a client or to an idea that you were pitching? It's kind of one of the toughest parts of this industry, to be honest, just figuring out how much you're going to charge for the work that you're going to do. Like most people who started out in photography or film uh, outside of the industry, 
uh, on a freelance basis. Like I did a lot of work for free for probably a lot less than I was worth. (laughs) I think my first photo job for this magazine in Salt Lake City when I was in college, they paid us in coupons uh, and gift certificates to like local local (laughs) restaurants. And a lot of photographers and filmmakers are like, you have to know how much you're worth and never compromise that even if you're a beginner, which I think is true in some way, shape or form. But you also need to get a foothold and you need to build some sort of portfolio of work before you're ever going to have the credibility to ask for budgets for things that are going to allow you to make it your career. In the creative space, it's kind of a nebulous conversation. There isn't one standard that everyone abides by. You know, it's all it's all on a sliding scale. So, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a tough question. I don't think there's one answer one way or another. It is important to know that even if you are doing something for less than you're worth, you have to know that that's the case. No, I think that's a good, that's good advice. How you convince a brand to trust you to tell the story that they want to tell? I mean, you have to learn how to sell it. And that is something that a lot of people in this field never really learn. You talked about Ira Glass earlier, and I think there's an Ira Glass quote about there being a mass amount of amazingly talented, creative people in the world who just never knew how to sell their work. Yeah. (laughs) And... I mean, it's sad in some small sense that like you have to compromise your creative integrity and, and think about yourself as a commodity with a price. Why do you think there is such this gap between like, no, like having your portfolio and then knowing how to sell it to a client? I feel like that's such a common, I don't want to say issue, but it is such a common issue for the freelancing community. I think it's because as creatives, you are taught that you need to have some sort of defined and like creative stance on whatever you're trying to talk about with your work, no matter what sort of creative work you do, whether it's poetry or photography, like you're taught to like believe in what you see and Mm -hmm. that is what you need to do in the world. And Unfortunately, uh, in capitalism, if you want to sell something, you have to think about what people want to buy. I think that there is a pretty big gap because you have to learn how to tailor your work without compromising your creative integrity and the way that you see the world as a creative person and make that fit within the parameters of what brands need. And you have to figure out how to be like, okay, like this is how I see the world and this is how I tell stories and I'm going to take your brand directive and mash those two things together into some sort of beautiful harmonious (laughs) and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't yeah I I also want to take a step back do you think it's important um you know as a filmmaker as a photographer to have a prominent like online personality I don't know yeah I mean it's another one of those things that's totally conditional I have friends who you know they're online personality and uh, social media presence is a huge portion of who they are uh, as a commodity. I've been lucky to accrue a a following from my work with National Geographic and being tied into these larger influential storytelling pools within the world. But a lot of people get their bread and butter from doing online social campaigns. So have you had like any opportunities come your way based on your social media profiles? 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've done some social campaigns and I, I work with brands still and represent them in my social media if it makes sense with my personal brand and the things that I believe in. I definitely lean more on the side of just creating in the way that I have always done, like just creating because it's something that I enjoy doing. And most of the stuff that you see on my Instagram feed mostly is stuff that personally piques my interest. And Yeah. So your Instagram, you would say is more like your passion projects versus all of your commercial work. Yeah. I mean, it's an extension of my personality and who I am. When there are like any inconsistent flows of work, how do you handle those? Do you just go out and start creating and fall back on the, you know, shooting always? Or do you have strategies for how you find your next big project? Everyone has downturns in whatever they're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Nothing is ever consistent in the world. And yeah, I think in, in downtimes, personally, like I tend to just fall back into the community of people that I've built around myself, I'm a very social person. And so that's where I get a lot of my energy and inspiration from my friends and the things that I'm doing, whether they're adventures or projects that I want to just go and explore and do for myself. You know, a lot of my work originally came out of just stuff that I was wanted to do for fun as an adventure since since the quarantine happened and we've all got a, a lot more time on our hands you know i've just been spending a lot of time at home here in montana and made me start thinking a lot more about the stories that i can tell locally i think that that is a really good practice for anyone starting out too because you maybe don't have the opportunities to go travel around the world and look for stories that are relevant to anyone who might hear them on a, on a human level that are unique to wherever you have that perspective. I guess traveling right now would be kind of like a limitation for you, but when you were starting back out, did you ever feel limited in your growth based on like the gear that you had? Did you feel like you needed to invest in all of this gear before you could really start creating the good stuff? I think that it's probably advice that everyone in the creative field has heard that it's not the kitchen, it's the cook. (laughs) You can do amazing work without the equipment, but it definitely like helps to get you excited to have like cool toys to play with. Uh, When I started out shooting in college, I think I, my parents gave me a Nikon D80 was my first digital camera. And I had, you know, maybe one or two lenses that I shot everything with. I remember buying my first prime lens from Scott Markowitz, like, my first low aperture, like heavy lens. And really when it comes down to it, it's now a lot of the stuff that I shoot on a day-to-day basis that you might see on my Instagram is stuff that I shoot with my phone. Because when it comes down to it, it's like camera that you have with you is the best camera you can have. If something pops out to you and (laughs) inspires you visually, you're like, it'd be cool to have my Nikon D850 with a (laughs) 70 to 200 to 8, but... Like I have my phone with me and that's just as good as anything else. When you get to a certain point, I think that it becomes substantially less about the gear, at least for some people. You might actually have a really good opinion about this because you, I feel like are you have a, a niche and this individual was curious as to whether you thought it was more important to have a very well-known style and a well-known strength versus just being very versatile and... Do you think one is an advantage over the other? I mean, I think that they are both strengths in different ways. I have leaned more into the side of being able to do a lot of different things and that being how I progressed my career because people were looking for people who could write 
blogs uh, or magazine stories and shoot photos for those stories and also direct and shoot and produce film at the same time. You know, that's a lot of what I was doing in my early career was like being like, hey, I can go do this adventure and I can get you everything you want as the creative director on this project and I would bring in my friends who knew more about certain things than I did and they would help me uh, deliver on those promises. But at the same time, like I would probably be getting a lot more income if I knew how to shoot cheeseburgers really well. And I was known really well as the guy who shot pictures of cheeseburgers because <laughs> everyone would want to hire me to market their cheeseburgers. And that vein like it's hard to become that guy who everyone knows uh i think it's a little easier especially if you're starting out to do a lot of things marginally well yeah <laughs> or jack of all trades kind of kind of reputation then like you're an easier piece to to place into teams yeah for sure and you direct you dp you write do you feel like you've been able to get a lot more opportunities based on being able to do a lot of different things on set yeah i mean yeah for sure it's only in the last couple of years that i have ever considered myself a director beyond just being a filmmaker because for many years i was just doing everything you know yeah. <laughs> being a filmmaker was directing and producing and shooting and editing and doing all the jobs that you hear about in the film industry. Leaning into my early years, you know, knowing how to do that is beneficial in that sense. It makes you a little bit more of a Swiss Army knife, but it is such a circumstantial thing and yeah. totally depends on what world you're trying to break into or what work you're trying to do. When you were first starting out, I assume you were doing majority filmmaking, like you said, you just started directing more recently. What um, projects did you get in the beginning that you thought really helped you take those next steps and like feel more successful as a person in this industry? I mean, I think I had uh, some unique opportunities just in the contacts I made through my early connections with National Geographic. And, um, you know, I got lucky because I got that grant and that mm -hmm. gave me this boost of confidence that I could do this work, which is a big part of continuing to be a creative person is just believing that you can be creative people i think hamstring themselves by believing that they're not ready or they don't have the skills or they can't do something because they've only trained in one thing i mean in my experience in this industry when it comes down to it like everyone is pretty much flying by the seat of their pants all the time <laughs> <laughs> no one actually knows that much about what's coming next like <laughs> or what's going on <laughs> and that's the thing about creative work is like every project is different too like whether you're creating something for yourself or doing a branded campaign like there are elements of the work you've done in the past that you want to carry forward and the people who are hiring you are hiring you because they believe you'll be able to carry forward but they also want you to create something completely different so every situation you step into is going to be a fresh slate how do you get past those like moments of nervousness and like it kind of being a terrifying situation? Having friends to talk to you about it um, that tell you, hey, don't worry, like. You're good at what you do. <laughs> you got this, like just keep going. Just doing stuff that makes you personally happy, creating work that you're happy with, leaning in to your ego a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough thing and you know, 
too much ego is toxic as well. But if you're going to be, be able to survive in this world, you have to, at your core, like be able to tell yourself that you are worth it and you're good. Yeah, no, for sure. All right. So we've got about five or six minutes left. There's a couple like fun questions that were submitted. One place that you recommend everyone visit, whether it's for work or for pleasure, just like one of your favorite places you've been to. I would say go to Mexico or the Northwest coast of Canada, at least if you're from the US because they're close. Those are two countries that I have loved exploring and would mm-hmm. definitely love to go back to. You might be a little bit biased which camera you prefer to shoot with the most. And I have a feeling it's going to be a Nikon camera, but... Yeah, I mean, probably Nikon just because it's the camera system that I know how to use. Yeah. Uh, I've shot with Sony, uh, I've shot with Canon. I've, I've worked with DP Review on reviewing um, cameras from a handful of different companies and Every camera is great in one one sense, but when it comes down to it, for me, it's just whatever camera you can pull out and dial in the settings the fastest as possible <laughs> to be able to take the picture that you see <laughs> because <laughs> the world is fleeting. And uh, that's why I, even if I do have my, my camera on me, like sometimes I take pictures with my phone because stuff just happens quickly. And, All right, final fun question. What is one thing that you believe the film community has provided you with that you could not get anywhere else? I think it's the feeling that I, you know, travel and reach and perspective has always been important to me because it's something my parents instilled in us and gaining this broader perspective of the world outside of what you see around you on a daily basis. And to me, I think that's probably one of the most informative and important things for any human being is like knowing what the world is like for other people and being part of the film community has given me this immense network of perspective and as a filmmaker my favorite part of my job is being able to tap into these different worlds even if it's for a brief moment and see through the eyes of someone else or see through the eyes of some amazing wildlife yeah. And being part of a community of people who do that as their job, like I feel like I have this amazing network of access to the world in a way that I never would otherwise. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciated you taking time out of your day. Thank you for having me and uh, I'll be in touch. Bye guys. Thanks for tuning in.